just cause for the most dangerous people on the planet who I think can do some good. They're bad guys. Exactly. And if anything goes wrong, we blame them. We have built-in deniability. What makes you think you can control? Welcome to the I Need a Minute podcast, part of the Tempia Seniors Network. Welcome to the Tuesday podcast. And on this week's podcast, we have a special guest in the studio. I can't remember the last time Charo was on the pod. I think the last time we were on the pod, we were still set up in the second room. And then we did like the typical interview podcast because whenever Charo requests to be on the podcast, I could just tell you straight up front, it is to complain about something LeBron did or is doing. No, I will, you know what? I will put it in a playlist and you will see when the conversation turns to LeBron. LeBron is our guy. You can't lie about this. We are. At least for me, I'm headed towards the most conflicted NBA Finals. If it happens, knock on wood, it's not there. The Miami Heat versus Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron chance. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Charo, what are we here to talk about? What are since, we- since I said, Charo, what topic should we discuss today? And I, my response was whatever you guys are going whatever to be talking about. Discuss. Yes. yes. Because, you know... If I don't you, want to impose... If you listen to the Friday Bears podcast, because the week was busy and I just uploaded that Friday podcast, it was drinking podcast and it was part of it was me yelling and going full joe button rant uh-huh. at john and now not john and now at andrew and now because i said could y'all focus on the podcast topic and then they just stray straight all the time but that's what it is so the the you know we joked about like the communication issue and us even arranging a pod me asking now yo can you make this pod char showed up now was like hey I in Pinewood right now, and Kaizen at practice. Why is Nile in Pinewood? Who knows? Probably jumping road somewhere. Or something. Jumping you know, road, sprinting down the middle of someone's street. He don't know. Maybe he just ran there. Street light pull ups. So since this broadcast wasn't exactly arranged for today's date, Charo opened the door and came in. The door was already open. The door was ajar. It it was open. It wasn't even just a jar. Look at you talking like a Kentucky police. <laughs> Look at you. Charles served a no-knock warrant. It was open. I didn't. I, I didn't, just opened the door. I didn't bang it and break it in. It was really. That's open. exactly what they said. So, so here, here's the thing. When yeah. I, in my mind, uh-huh. we, we pardoned today. Right. 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 It was already after the time that you said you guys start. So I thought right. it was late. Mm-hmm. So. So you, you came open. up late. You you showed up late already. Intentionally. Intentionally, yeah. because you said "cause niggas." Basically, yeah, I know. I know your boys. Kentucky police, once again, like I said. <laughs> yep, keep going, keep going. You stick yourself in further. So the door is what? open. So I said, you, All right. you all can't see this visual, but Charo's shape up is slowly deteriorating <laughs> into the Uncle Rucker shape up right now. You know, none of the Uncle Toms have a proper shape up, it's just oh, all man. like like an oval circular cut. But keep going, <laughs> look at the hate, keep going. Saw the door open, so I was like, "All right, cool." You know, like we supposed to pod today. I probably left the door open, so I don't have to knock and interrupt mm, the pod yeah. that is that is yeah. going on. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, "All right, let me open the door." <laughs> Let's just say I'm going to knock. <laughs> I will knock moving forward. <laughs> I, I'm going to make it a point <laughs> that we need to ban no no no. No knock warrant shouldn't exist. Okay. No knock warrant shouldn't exist. Shouldn't and I'm exist. glad we had like levity on the top of that pot the top of the podcast just because um I think for us and specifically when I do these podcasts or I see an event and the news happen, I know that 
the following week we're gonna have a heavy pod because when the when the riots started to happen this summer and Nal and I did a podcast because so much of your media consumption is just based on that you tend to um, then kind of internalize it and your emotions and all of those things tend to bubble up and they come out in a podcast and yeah. this happened ap- after um, George Floyd um, um, this happened after the Ferguson riots and the Ferguson protests and I think that the theme of this always occurring when you do kind of a topical podcast like we do at I Need a Minute, you know that it, this is going to come up. So when the Brianna Taylor, and I don't even want to say verdict, it was essentially just an announcement yeah. that all of the um, social media campaign by um, athletes, celebrities, influencers, activists about arrest the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. And it kind of became a meme, which was unfortunate. But then you kind of you s- realize that the outcome was the same. Mm-hmm. It was exactly the same, no mm-hmm. matter what happened. And I hated myself for expecting this to happen mm-hmm. and not being surprised. So how did you feel when I, you I heard honestly, that? Honestly, I didn't even expect it to, to go this route. I, I figured that at least, you know, one of the officers would have been, uh, I, I, it would have been at least uh, 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 an indictment to at least bring it to a jury, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't think it wasn't even going to get to that. Like, didn't even, didn't even, you passed, go. It was just like, yeah, we're not even going to do, go through the process. You know, Mm -hmm. we're just going to say, yeah, you guys, you guys are free or whatnot. So, when when the verdict came down, you know what? I can't say that I was surprised, right? You're right. Because, technically, this happens all the time, right? And it's very rarely do um, things go in the favor of, uh, in this case, the victim, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's usually, you know, the blue looking out for the blue, or the whites mm-hmm. looking out for the whites, and whatnot. Um, and it's just it's, it's one of those things that's that is uh, disheartening because all of this uh, focus and all of this energy that was going towards her case specifically, mm-hmm. like her name is being called just about every day, every week, on a lot of newscasts. So I think there was like hope. That, right. you know, stemming off the George Floyd situation and all of the protests and stuff, maybe this time, like, it'll that go. That something will yeah, be Yeah, something different. will happen. And, and it didn't, man. And it's just like, shoots, what's, what's the point at this point? Because this is the thing, right? You had all of these um, powerful black celebrities shining a light on mm-hmm. this. And after George Floyd, Breonna Taylor's name was the name that kind of rang out in the streets Every the most. Day, yep. Tanahisi Coates did a special editorial for um, um, I forget the name of the the magazine Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. And he wrote. did the special Vanity Fair uh, cover. Um, there was like tremendous art behind hands. it, and it was shared Bro. everywhere. And everyone was like, Brianna Taylor." Uh, uh, players in the NBA, athletes wanted Brianna Taylor's name on their jersey. Yeah. Jalen Brown, um, Tobias Harris had interviews where they were asked basketball questions, and all they said was Brianna Taylor's Taylor. name. Mm-hmm. So they said, "You start to think if it can't happen for her, when they say she was at home sleeping, a no knock warrant was served, people came in, and she ended up getting shot." And and tell me how you feel about this, right? Because um, we saw the facts of the case mm-hmm. came to be the thing that is the most debated Mm -hmm. and you see um the people who in my mind how i digest it is regardless of what the facts of the case are i always know ahead of what happens 
the set of people who are going to be on the side of the police shouldn't be charged? Mm -hmm. Or can we question maybe that black person shouldn't have put themselves in that position? Mm -hmm. And I always think, you mean to tell me not one time do you think to yourself, maybe it is the cops. Maybe it is the white people involved in this that are to blame for this. That you can't just every single time. And I'm because we will we can go into the actual facts of the case. Um, but you can't tell me not one time do you not sympathize with the black person who was murdered, shot or harmed. So who, who when you say you don't sympathize, who is you? You, you say you can't tell me that you that at least I mean once like you, you um, don't sympathize. I mean like you're talking one, about no no I'm not you yourself. No, I'm saying but you're talking. About I'm talking like about like public, con, talking con, about? in the general public. I'm talking about um, conservatives. I'm talking about white conservatives. I'm talking about people who always say um, quote unquote facts don't care about your feelings. Right. That kind of um, stance. The Jason Whitlocks, the Charles Barkley of the world, who whenever there seems to be trash, like, by the way, trash. Whenever there seems to be an overriding issue, they will always take the stance that is, and I don't anti-black. Like it's just straight up what it is, and when you hear it, I j like there's no nuance in their side of the conversation, but they expect the aggrieved party to have nuance. So the the, the thing with the case is, if, if we're being fair. You understand the facts of the case and you understand both sides, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're looking at it logically and rationally, like you understand where the cops are coming from and, and the procedures that they, they went through. And right. then you understand Bjorn and her and her her boyfriend's case. Well, his case, where he you know, why he let off the first shot and, and all of that. But when you look at the facts after that, right, the the fact that they right. tried to cover up, right. Like, so my my whole thing is if if we're gonna look at the facts of the case, let's look at, let's look at all the facts. At all of the facts, right. The only facts that seem, they seem to look at is up until the point that the police returned fire. Right. There was no, I don't think there was anything said of what happened after the shooting stopped, and they realized that there was a young lady mm -hmm. on the floor dying, like. You know, but the 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 case uh, right up the the statements that the cops gave saying that no one was injured right. or telling the ambulance to go uh, and leave the scene, um, arresting her 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 boyfriend at the scene, uh, you know, and it, it's just all of these things that happen that still seems to get brushed under the under the carpet where there's no light shined on it. Mm -hmm. And to me, like I, I, I even can't fathom right now how in September 2020 that we can't make enough noise to force them to look at that part of the case. To that part, okay. So that's the part of the case that I think frustrates me the most because even to the New York Times, Washington Post, Fox explained. I listened to all of them break down the Breonna Taylor mm -hmm. case. And they talked about, quote, unquote, the facts of the case. And I say to myself, what you're trying to do is appease the white audience. So you say you look strictly at the facts that Breonna Taylor's boyfriend was a drug dealer. But that he is, wasn't. That is. Her ex-boyfriend was well, a well, drug the dealer. Well, the ex-boyfriend. The person who they were there to, who, to he, serve the but warrant he was already, on. He was in custody from. from so I mean, let me just go through. Go I'm, I'm just ahead. saying like how, 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 they, how, they, how they lay it out was that, okay, so we have this uh, warrant. Um. He's a he's a drug dealer or alleged drug dealer, mm -hmm. and they're going to serve this no knock warrant, which is legal in Kentucky. And they and this is what all of was these really, outlets was it really always a no knock say. warrant? Because there's even conflicting. Uh, they, 
about whether that being debatable. Yes. And then when they ask the other, and then the police um, assert that they did knock and they did announce themselves. So they say that, and one neighbor said that they heard someone say police. Well, he initially said he didn't. So he, he, And it he was trash. one person, but then but all the of the also, other... The boyfriend also said that he heard a knock, though. But he, he didn't hear any announcement. You heard a knock, but you don't hear the announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And think about it. You can't say in one breath that someone is a criminal. Yep. And then when they hear a knock and you not announce yourself, and then they shoot. And then there was one bullet fired. But you, did you hear how he shot? He shot a warning shot. Like, it was mm -hmm. a low shot. Like, it wasn't, like, really And anything. then the police assert that he shot at them. Right. Because, and, which, and, which, I, and which, I want to say that. Which that is fair. I, I mean. If you hear a yeah, shot, yeah, then yeah, you, you will. You yeah, will yeah. Right. And that is why the, they say that no charges are being brought. But, and I want you to, to think about this in your, because I feel like we live in a conspiratorial age. And think about it in your mind watching, like, TV shows of police and, mm -hmm. and copaganda. Mm -hmm. And you just see, you always think that, do dirty cops, one, exist, and how do they... How do they clear it up? And then when you watch a TV show and you see a cop who is like, dirty, do it. And there's a bad shoot. They say, okay, we have to put the gun in yep. someone's hands or we have to like set the scene. And you mean to tell me that in a case of this magnitude, one, you didn't see that coming, that they could possibly do that. And then the follow-up smear campaign that happened that um, they go right into the... Um, into the specific details of the boyfriend's yep. uh, life, and then they offered him a plea deal if he, if he said Yo, if he implicates was... Breonna so Taylor. All the, all so how do you not bro. see that part? Like those are the facts they leave out, and even like these liberal media outlets leave out those sides of the facts. So that's why I say that people aren't empathizing with the person who is dead. But this this is my thing though. So they they came down with the decision that they came down with. So there's no way to appeal. Like, yeah. so once they make this decision, yeah, we're not going to charge any of the officers. Is that it? Like, is is we just move on to the next? Like, can't we just say, all right, okay, but we, we want to represent. You want to know what red flag number one was? What's that? Soon as they announced the civil the 12, lawsuit, the 12 million, that 12 million was done I, before that announcement. Well, that was to appease people. That and was be the like, first one. And right. then when when the police department told the all officers that you guys, you cannot take vacation or any time off. Because we're preparing for this verdict that they're about to read. Right. Mm -hmm. Which told me that they already knew, they already knew. what was going to happen. And then they rolled out that Bro. Uncle Tom ass nigga with his no shape up. Who is married <laughs> to <laughs> Mitch McConnell's granddaughter. Bro. It's, it's, uh, well, we knew this from, from He spoke at the yeah, Republican yeah, from, National yeah, Convention. So, we, so once you saw that, you was like, all right, I see what this nigga's about. You yeah. know what I mean? And... And I, you know what? It, I I can't even blame him though. Like I'm not entirely like I don't think you should. I don't think we should direct our anger towards him. No, because I well he, some he, of it. No, <laughs> no, no. He, no, no. He, can't, he can't be. He can't make decisions. Of he it. can't make decisions by himself. I don't True. care what no one says. True. He, he he may be the district district attorney, uh, but we all know that. Yeah. You know, there. If the governor said, "Hey, bro, you put this case out, the case is gonna be like we, kicked I mean, to the side." You gotta know the, the the chain of commands, bro. So. And it is in Kentucky. Yeah, they produce great NBA players, but one thing they do every election night: polls close, and one second after the close, every media outlet we are calling the state for Donald Trump or yep. whoever the fuck yep. is the Republican nominee. Yep. It's red That's state. the kind of state that uh, Kentucky is. Yep, and. I just, even the idea, think about this, the idea of a no-knock warrant is essentially saying that the police can come in and do what they want. I was watching a, a, a video yesterday, and this guy was talking about how, how 
how the police can get like the judge to sign them for them to go in with it with a no knock warrant all they need is suspicion of wrongdoing that's it so they just got to go and say yo we think that behind these doors something is happening that we need to check out and that's it like that is insane in in that state they could say all right you could we'll sign a no knock warrant is this a was this the idea of no knock warrants was this stemming from um the drug wars or was this post 9-11 legislation do you know i think it was post 9-11 post 9-11 yeah, yeah. where they could just go in and be like oh y'all don't, that's one right y'all don't need which would make sense i mean because remember how scared and terrified yeah, america was yeah. during that time yeah, a lot so. of things changed after that but still though i mean it, it it it's just so so much flaws in this case and so many holes that need to be filled that i i just don't understand even 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 how the decision was made and the verdict has been read so what like why can't we like give a a rebuttal of okay here's the decision that you guys made but we want to appeal that decision and we want to we want to take it to the to a grand jury like why why is there no power in the people in in this sense like that that can that part of it confuses me like 100 percent because Sure, like, I mean, if we expect them to make these decisions, then it shouldn't be a surprise. But we should have the opportunity to state our case, right? Because they're all the lawyers involved in the case um, for Brianna and her boyfriend, well, Brianna's family and her boyfriend, they're demanding that the the evidence be made public, right? Mm-hmm. Is that going to happen? What's blocking that? Like, how how does that how Imagine does that not have happen? To demand that the evidence but, be but made public. Saying, like, you have why, to request it. Why? Why, why is isn't the evidence just always? Put but why public? is it even a conversation? Is, is at yeah. this point? Like, why yeah, yeah. why do we even have to go back and forth to say we're demanding the evidence be uh, be released? Like, mm-hmm. I, I I just it and it, it's just a slap in the face um, from the judicial system to they don't care about certain sectors of the population. I mean, like, that's just what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And as ignorant as that may sound, show me proof where I'm, I'm incorrect. Like, show mm-hmm. me, show me a, a factual case where you can say that the judicial system in the United States actually cares about all sectors of their population. There's no way you don't have a case for that. It, it, it's it's, it's and, crazy, man. And they, um, I think, is part of the idea is that America and Ronald Reagan said this a lot in the 80s, is this shining light on the hill. So you would see um, the shining city on the hill. So you would see a lot of the um, idealism and a lot of the debate is that, one, the conservatives would, do not want to acknowledge that um, that there are flaws in America. Wrong, so right? if you say that there's systemic racism in America and you say that black lives matter, their reply is all lives matter, and we should always take that into account, and that America is not inherently um, a racist country or built on the fundamentals of racism. To to me, if you can't acknowledge that, Mm -hmm. is number one, a sign that if you don't see that there is a problem, then you don't go out your way to fix anything. You clueless, bro. You you don't care. So if you see, like they think, for instance, uh, 13th Amendment, and I heard Ben Shapiro say this is propaganda. They think Ava DuVernay's documentary basically detailing how the 13th Amendment and the um, culture of incarceration affects black people to this day but if you is, read part of pro- is part of propaganda. <laughs> and this is what is, I think, like regurgitated in their media cycle. So, and I always say this, like in our social medias, we would see people who are 
liberal or who are in support leaning way left le- leaning you. left yeah and that is our bubble i got you and then there's an entire other bubble that is the exact opposite of it and i this this distinctly hit me when i had like this one person on my social media who is an anti-masker who just didn't believe in wearing masks and thought everything about coronavirus is a conspiracy and i said holy shit like this is this is this is not what i thought like you were the one person sticking out who was like this whereas everyone else on who i know is like more left-leading but to that person maybe i'm the outlier on their social media like right this one black person i follow this one like person who is posting about black lives matter so and I have to ask you this because you have like a, a larger following. Have you seen that? Like where hundred percent, yo. The things that I post, or like the responses that <laughs> the you responses get. Responses I get. Uh-huh. When you when when you like some of them, I I I this one in particular, bro. I, I leaned into this. I was like, it was it was a, a, a short back and forth that I had, and then I, I I I took a step back and I was like, you know, let me check with this this guy's page. Went on his page, Trump supporter. And I was like, all right, totally makes sense. So that means you're not you're not you're not even open to to a conversation. Right. Like you're just saying, oh, you're spewing lies and and propaganda. Uh, you know, you're you're just you're just thinking one sided, a hundred percent. And his all of his responses was just negative and saying how uh, he brought my dad into it and all. Like it was, it was, it was crazy, bro. And that's that's kind of why I responded because he mm-hmm. said that you know he was a supporter of my pops and my pops would feel differently about it or whatever. And people like that humor me, man, because I'm I'm like you're telling me what, what my what, dad's response yeah. would have been. Like you like, feel like you know, know my dad better than me. me. Like it's crazy, right. you know. So, but I mean, you know, so I I the responses that I've been getting, um, it's just been crazy to see how. People re- are really, they seem to be like really clueless or, or not open to listening or even hearing from the other side, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, oh, that's just propaganda. And you can tell that they're just repeating and spewing things that people are saying or that is being said within, like you their said, bubble. like their bubble, the yeah. bubble that they, you know, the news uh, station that they listen to, the circles that they, they converse in. And it, they're, they're just, you know, re- repeating that. Whereas for me, I, I, I would hope that I'm looking at looking at it from uh, a more broader scope, mm-hmm. right? And I'm taking everything into consideration. And when you look at both sides, it's really hard to say that there's fairness or mm-hmm. that there's equality because it isn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people talk about, like, uh, the numbers with police uh crime or shootings when it when it involves white men versus police when it involves black men but you're looking at uh, a population where you know black people make up what 13 percent right of the population so numbers are automatically going to be skewed right you know and and that logically if you don't think of that if you think of it in that aspect then what are we really talking about because this is i think like the um logical gymnastics that they pull that one not acknowledging that the black community is over policed mm-hmm. and then two not acknowledging that um the societal system or systemic racism racism that exists can impact a community economically so if poverty is the main um main cause of where crime is created if you keep a community impoverished and then the racism is kind of just like this cyclical thing where um 
the the poverty that infects a community leads to um, poor education, leads to um, less paying jobs, lower wages, um, poverty just keep being propagated in that community, and then people then turning to crime, and then that crime leading to them being over policed, and then your the way that you over police um, issues such as the drug laws, and you look at um, mandatory minimums for things for like crack versus cocaine. All of that is pulled uh, into a system that puts 13% of the entire American population. It's an overburden or an overemphasis um, on that side of the population. That's who you always emphasize, and that's where you put the crime. And when you say law and order, that's where you focus your attention. Because I've heard those those arguments that, okay, this is where the crime is. So mm -hmm. then that's where you're putting a lot of your efforts uh, with the police. But if you are if you're a good police, then part of what you do is you're integrated in the community. Mm -hmm. But these police can't be integrated in the community. And even the idea of like no snitching is part of black people saying that we can't trust the police. The police are just as bad as the criminals who are in our communities. Mm -hmm. So who do you want me to turn to in any situation when I know that the system kind of does not serve me? And you would see and I and I always say this is that people use one set of facts to say, um, and I, I hear this all the time to support their points, the, their points and their issues, mm -hmm. and they never really think of it in totality. Because mm -hmm. as much as crime is an economic problem, I don't think you can divorce economics and systemic racism from each other. Mm -hmm. And if you try to do that, then to me that means that you're not like even. You don't even care about the point. And, and I want to talk about, like, to go back to what you said about being in the bubble, to talk about Charles Barkley and Shaq, because, you know, 10th year seniors, they are sports people. And Charles Barkley and Shaq used their platform during an NBA game. Like, you see um, players would go out there and um, protest and speak about these issues. And um, when the NBA protested and there was, like, the season kind of was at jeopardy, you saw Candy Smith said that he's going to support his brothers and not even be on TNT that night. Mm -hmm. And then after the Breonna Taylor verdict, Charles said he has something to say and Shaq said that he had something to say. And their stance was that Breonna Taylor was different than George Floyd because... I don't... Did Shaq say that? I don't know. I don't, okay. To, in Shaq's defense, I, I don't he know didn't if he... say that. He didn't specifically... He didn't use those words. He didn't use those words. Although he agreed with what Charles said. With what Charles was saying yeah. was that Charles was saying that he would not put them in that same right. category because a shot was fired at the police and after that happens who knows what the fuck and the and i think what charles is missing and i'm gonna be generously honestly fuck charles but, Gosh, he's trash <laughs> but what he's missing is that the empathy that those officers would have um if the if they knew they were going into a white home would be different and that's, I mean, like I and I—that's an I, assumption, though. That is an assumption that, but I, I and I agree that it is an assumption. So a, I, but I, I believe, yeah. I believe that if they knew that the home they were entering was the home of two white people, and one mm -hmm. of them was a drug dealer, mm -hmm. and then there was one shot fired, would the use of use of force have been as extreme? I would hope that it would have been the same. You, I, honestly, that's why, like, and I and I don't think so. That, it's, I, 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 I think that's it's 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 hard to have that particular conversation. Yeah. But I think that is the conversation because, nah. like, I think that is the conversation because I remember like post Kentucky riots and 
the there are two police officers who got shot. <laughs> you asked me what color they were, and I said they were blue. Because I believe that that is, like, regardless of the race of the officer who is, like, executing or who is in the face of a black person, during that moment, mm -hmm. that person is blue. Mm -hmm. And they think like a police officer. When you think like a police officer, you think, where is more harm going to come? More harm is going to come from this black person. After a shot is fired? As you say, so whether the person that's, that is firing the shot is black or white. You, you think the thought process man, is okay. going to be see, different? See, see, first of all, first of all, you would, I'm in the group with you. I've seen you share with me, like, videos of stuff of, like, white people, like, no, pulling guns off no, of police officers, fighting them, and then not being, like, have what, that same but, kind but, of energy so reciprocated. Okay, so this is what I mean. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're entering a home where you don't know what's going on on the other side of the door, right? Yeah. You, you, you break through the door, and you hear a gunshot. Mm -hmm. You think... The officer's response to hearing a gunshot and seeing one of your officers, officers get supposedly hit in, in the leg, right? And his reaction to getting hit. You think in their minds, they're going to say, okay, this is a black person. We're just going to fire. This is a white person. We're going to cool off and let's just see if no, we no, can. No, 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 no. Uh -huh. that's, that's not how I think it happens. I think um, they say, we have this no-knock warrant and we're going to this neighborhood. Right. We're going... We have this no-knock warrant, and we go into Camp Road, versus right. we have this no-knock warrant, and we go into Old Fort. Right. Right? Right. And I'm talking about Bahamian communities. Yeah, and then uh, a shot is fired, right, in Camp Road, versus you hear that one shot in Old Fort Bay. So you hear that one shot in Camp Road. Do you go all out then, and then just, like, spray everything? Or if you hear this one shot when you're in Old Fort Bay, you, you could shoot back. But then do you say, hey, this is the police? Like, come out or we will, like, continue shooting. Like, do you think both of those things are equal in their minds when they say that they are serving those warrants? And, I, and to me, to my mind, like, when Charles Barkley is saying that um, these are not the same kind of situations, I understand why there would be protests in one area and then protests, um, there should not be protests in that or that this case should be looked at. Dang, that was a good point. I could say, yes, there is nuance in that point, Charles, in terms of... Um, Charles is trash, bro. In, ter in terms of those are not the same situations, but the underlying facts remain the same. But I, I think, so I, I think that's a good point you brought up. I think the, you're right. The mentality you have, again, I'm, I'm going to have to assume here. Yeah. The mentality that you would have going into an area um, like Camp Road mm -hmm. to serve a warrant and going to an area like Old Fort Bay. Yeah, you're right. There's a certain level of caution that you would have in one area that you wouldn't have in another. Yeah. I think just, just fundamentally, like just knowing like the type of type of area that one is versus the type of area that the other is. But when it comes to, to when it comes to what Charles said, mm -hmm. I think you have to look. I don't. I don't. I don't uh, look at Charles' statement in a singular form. I, I look at everything that he has said. Throughout the course of his right, his, right. his career and uh, in, in you know on the inside the NBA show, his voice has always been in this in this tone. Like mm -hmm. he's always he he tries to uh, walk that thin line, but it's always on on on. He's always like going to side on us. you know what I mean. Yeah. And like like so after George Floyd stuff, he was like. Yeah, but the riots though. Yeah, and he's talking yeah. about yeah, he's focusing more on like you guys shouldn't be rioting and mm -hmm. this and even though like we agree with him, we we talk yeah. about this all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. In our group and 
I like I 100% agree that like we should not riot, right? It shouldn't be happening. We shouldn't be burning down buildings. We shouldn't be destroying our own, you know, mm-hmm. our own people and our our own uh businesses. But bro, when you put people between a rock and a hard place and you give them and you don't give them a a fighting chance, this is what happens. And and so I I my response to people when when they say things like that is what what are your expectations when you don't give people a chance and you don't give them an opportunity? Like what 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 do you want them to do? Like it, it do you just you tech, so what you're what you're telling me is you want people to just lay down and die, bro. Like you don't want them to fight. You don't want them to protest. It's just I'm the parent or I'm the bigger person or the more authoritative person. You have to do what I say. Yeah. Regardless of if I'm The whole thing about make America great again is that you want it to be a certain way. If you are a privileged individual, regardless of race, because we're talking about Charles Barkley and Shaq right now, do you really want the system to change or do you want the world to keep continue going as is? Because you are still going to be a person who is wealthy in America you get to sit at the high end of the table and you get to live a pretty great life? Or do you want uh, vulnerability in the country and for the system to actually change? No, you don't want anything to change. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is the incentive for you to say that you want to see change? You have to be a very empathetic person to genuinely want it because you kind of want the world to keep going as is. Do they want, like, riots and protests in the streets and then all of a sudden Charles Barkley... And inside the NBA can't fly all over America. Do they want the season to be canceled and for there not to be basketball on TV or for there not to be sports? No. So they will keep always paying lip service. And it always it's like Charles Barkley and those commentators. And then it's also like the owners because the owners will say that, oh, we're going to pledge $300 million for the next 10 years. And we're going to allow our stadiums to be used as voter registration Mm -hmm. and for polling booths. But that is also a part of them appeasing the players in the black community. Mm -hmm. Is it enough? Could they be doing more? Of course they could be doing more. But then you see those same owners then donate to conservatives um, who don't believe in the Black Lives Matter protests and who who want to essentially shut that shit down. And I say this again, to go back to the way it was so they could continue making money and the system can keep serving them. Oh, well, when you heard Barkley's statement, it, were you surprised? Fuck no. I, I'm not going to lie. I was surprised Shaq was... I was surprised that Shaq that, was... That Shaq was I was super surprised was, that Shaq was... was not, but I was, was like, man, I can't, at Barkley. can't believe... But then you have to look at it. You know, Shaq is a, a, a deputy or an yeah, officer, he's a, like yeah. some, somewhere yeah. in, the, in the forest. So Shaq, I, I think Shaq is a cop. He is looking at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And then you like, gain a better understanding of, okay, he he, put, he literally put himself in, in their shoes if it was him. Okay, so, you know, fine. But you can't just say one side and not have, like, you know, a, a but in there saying, but, you know, the way that they responded after everything happened right not giving an aid what you lied on the on the report that you put in like those types of things like let's not ignore that aspect and like it. let's not like you said like if you, the, if you, the various nature if you felt that you didn't do that. anything wrong then why lie like that's that's the most why, why go out of your way to say that okay like you will get less time if you just like say brianna did this or brianna Bro, did that these they doing this right in front of our faces and that is the egregious thing so you saw people like when they heard the announcement who on the other side kind of celebrate say like that's how it's supposed to work 
but then completely ignore everything that police did behind the scenes or behind the shadows. That yep. was reported on yep. by reputable news organizations, yep. but those stories tended to not and that's, gain as and much that's traction. I, that's, that's what I don't understand, bro. So, like, the these news stations and these reporters, they report what happens, but nothing happens. Like, it doesn't seem like it matters uh, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. Like, it's just a... Uh, you know, because they would like wrap it up to the police were doing everything they could to solve this case. And then they offered a plea deal to someone as par, just as par for the course. And then he didn't take it. But is that legally wrong? And then you keep doing this. Like, is that legally wrong? Nope. And so imagine if you're saying that to a community, is that legally wrong? And the answer continues to be no, what they did wasn't legally wrong. Don't you think at the end of the day when people protest and then they riot, they're saying, well, the system doesn't work for doesn't me work, legally, yeah. so why do I have to abide by your laws when you do this? And like I said, like for, for the bourgeois, for people who are at the top of the totem pole, the idea is to keep the same system in place. So let me ask, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. if, if, you, if you were to accidentally kill someone, yeah, right? You, you accidentally take someone's life. It's, it wasn't intentional. You didn't plan it, nothing. If it was by accident, mm -hmm. should you suffer a consequence? They, you do. That is in the law. There, there's laws. People go to jail for killing people by accident. Think about any person who drives drunk right. or who makes a bad decision, like reckless driving right. or reckless endangerment. Right. That's part of law. Though You get arrested and you are tried for that even though it is an accident. You can have an accidental gun charge, just be playing with a gun, hit someone, Jason Williams, um, and Plexigo Burris shot himself, you shot yourself. So yeah, <laughs> yes. Do I believe that they could have done this accidentally? Yes. So of course you could do this accidentally, but like when black people talk about race in America, two of those things can be, um, can coexist at the same time. Can it be an accident? Yes. Can it be an accident because you grouped a group of people um, and viewed a group of people as more dangerous or more predatory in one sense. Right. Yeah, that can also be true. Like, but, <laughs> but if you so if you accidentally kill someone, shouldn't there be a consequence? Yeah, and I think I know that there would be if I accidentally kill someone. So why is it that it, there's no consequence? Like, if we just break it down to the fundamental, well, there's a consequence things. for the taxpayers in Kentucky. They paid twelve million dollars to that family. Bro, that's it. So you just get a payday. That's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Like it's, it's it's super ridiculous because if it was me, if I accidentally kill someone, I'm gonna get some jail time or go go. I'd I'd at least go through a a court process. Yeah. In front of a jury and plead my case and say what's up, and then the decision is in the hands of those twelve people. But so, because um, we saw the potent the potential NBA shutdown, um. And LeBron was, I think, kind of at the forefront of that. How do you think now that the players will react to stuff that they saw Charles Barkley said? Because part of what Chris Paul and Andre Iguodala um, and players like LeBron said is you can't just shut it down and protest kind of like one game because there are going to be more incidents mm -hmm. because they know that this is America. So how do you think the players are going to react? And then how do you think the players are going to react to like Charles Barkley and Shaq and Kenny Smith when they have to do like those post-game interviews? But I'm actually disappointed that there wasn't a reaction after you said it because it's a lot of time that's, that's passed. And, you know, because I think you said it, you said it last Thursday, if I can remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, all of this time have passed. None of them have, have said anything, right? So 
is there is there even an expectation? Um, because honestly, bro, if, like if I was in the situation after the Breonna Taylor uh, decision was made or verdict was read or you know whatever you want to call it, like I would it would it would have I would have been disheartened, bro. Like it was like okay, like wh- where do we go from here? Like what, what we doing? Like what's the point in all of this? What's yeah. the point in? Saying her name, what's the point in bringing awareness to all of these situations when the system is still going to be the system? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's almost like, and and I I said this even before uh, the bubble basketball started or the NBA bubble started, and it's the minute they start playing, it's going to distract everyone from what's really happening. And I understand that they're saying, you know, uh, you know, we we're, we're there, but we're still going to be um bringing awareness to all of these situations calling their names you know we're going to wear these names on our uh on our jerseys or whatever but it's it's still all a control system bro like it's you, still all like, a control you, system by those owners who we said are donating to saying. the so, trump team like so there is almost as if like like if you're a parent and you have a child and you you your child wants a, a phone to do whatever they want, right? Yeah. And you say, okay, here's your phone, but you put parental, parental restrictions on it. it. That's you all know it what is. I mean. That's that's yeah. basically what, what's happening. So, mm-hmm. would, which is why for me, like I would prefer us. Now, when I say us, I mean the the black community to just protest and not just not conform to to them dangling this prize over our heads, bro. Well. The pride is money. The, the prize is capitalism. Always. So that's the kind of thing. So and the people always, people always said like, yo, well, I forget who it was. Was it, um, was it uh, Austin Rivers mm-hmm. that, okay, um, you want the players to protest, but then this is how we make money. And mm-hmm. then we will take this money and feed it back in the mm-hmm. black community. That is not what I've they been saying. What I've been seeing is y'all stunting on people Fox, every bro. single day. Fox, I don't bro. see like, and they would be like, oh, that's because you don't see it because you're not in those communities. I'm like, but that's not how it works though. Come on. Bro. Like, because then the common sentiment or the idea would be like, yo man, these NBA players like really put out that they really like, it, like, I feel like that would be the idea of what is happening but you see that their lives are so different. And and I think that this is part of even with the coronavirus. Like as soon as fans are removed from any situation in sports, it kind of hits you <laughs> that these are just millionaires playing a game against each other when there are no fans involved yep. watching and cheering yep. them. That's exactly what that, And then that's that's all it is. It's just like, Yo, shit, crazy. man. This is just like people who make $10 million yep. shooting and sweating. And like we care. And like I care about like the NBA and basketball but especially in light of everything that happened this year, I realized like the framing of it and the the place of it, um, like in my life, like yo man, this is great, and I love arguing about basketball. But hey, I could like Ainash, I can say that like Ainash, like yo LeBron, LeBron's my nigga. I, I want him to get it. But I can't, Ainash, yeah, I can't that much yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, but and 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 I just think like to what you said, they don't wake up until actual games are threatened so i think about what they mm-hmm. did in the middle of a pandemic all of these leagues said money gotta make though yep. and because money gotta make we will make this work regardless so y'all go put your lives on the line like, imagine, imagine that bro like so imagine if that was race like, <laughs> that. Yeah, so like when 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 they did the when the bucks did the protests right and all the teams um in turn like followed it followed suit and 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 uh, boycotted a game or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It was at that point I was like, you know what? It's bigger than basketball at this point. I yeah. think everyone should like. I was right with like, you. I was, I was like, just like, damn it, fuck it. 
but go. Uh, yeah, go you know, uh, yeah, you're right. Because it's like, man, you're like this, these games were like super good and Fantastic. competitive and whatever. But I get it. Like it's bigger than basketball at this point. So I, you know, I felt that you know these guys should have just left and mm-hmm. started something different or, or or done something different. And then when they when they decided to play, I was like, man, it's the same old, same old. Like nothing is gonna change, bro. Like mm-hmm. because you, you you have to do something that is you have to make an unpopular decision and possibly sacrifice some some personal revenue right whether right. it's earning a salary or or you know taking care of your family in a certain way or whatever because there has to be some some hard decisions that need to be made for change to happen and yeah. until we as a community are ready to do that nothing is going to change i don't care who it is and yeah. i think this brianna taylor situation like just echoes that that, that sentiment and okay I understand what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. But, like, what if Avery Bradley was the only one who said that he was protesting because of this? Like, would you would you have said, like, yo, Avery At the beginning? Bradley, at the beginning. Like, it, like at the Avery Bradley, like, because we know Avery Bradley, um, guard for Los Angeles Lakers, uh, would have been a defensive stopper. Had Avery Bradley said, yo, I doing this for the black community as opposed to I can't play because of coronavirus and my son has res- uh, respiratory issues. Mm-hmm. Which you've said, Avery, I hear you. Okay. But you can do more good, if you come into the bubble. Good, that's a good question. And speak on it. Great. Because right now, the way I feel about Avery Bradley, I, I would have been like, Avery, you'd have been safe and away from your kids. Same way Gordon Haywood is and so, those people are. And you could still play ball and then like you could FaceTime, but let's get this chip though. But we saw that already though. Like, how did you feel when Cap first knelt and 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 said why he knelt? Because technically, it was the same thing. He was doing it himself. I I, the, was I remember when uh, Cap did that. Um, my reaction was, "Damn, I want him to start now." Like that was that was my reaction. Like, what the forty nine is doing? And I I said that um, I thought Cap was on the downside, and I'm just talking football. Like, I Cap mean, was he, on yeah, the, he wasn't playing as Cap, good. He wasn't at playing the time. as well on, yeah. the, and he was on the downside. But I, in my head, I so, I thought one the forty nine, y'all ain't going nowhere this season. Let Cap play, and I thought let Cap play because I wanted the issue to be um, elevated more, and I wanted Cap to be questioned on the issue more. So I think the same response that that Cap received, Avery Bradley would have received. It would have been like ah. Don't come then. Like, don't play. True. Like, we good. We'll just pick we'll pick someone else up. You know, we'll... But, yeah, because, I mean, but do you think league, that... Bro. But summer 2020 was different, though, because you saw as soon as the Bucks protest, the rest of those players, the rest of those black players realize, I can't go back on these streets and have, like, those dudes say that they ain't playing, and then I immediately play, because it then becomes... How down are you for the cause? Mm-hmm. And then what is? How do you look? How do you look in comparison to Giannis and the Bucks in that situation? Bro, let's not let's not ignore the fact that mm-hmm. some dudes they just to make money, bro. Like they don't care. Oh about yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's no yeah, 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 there's no yeah, concern yeah. about what's happening in the real world. That is like, very they just, true. They trying to get paid. That is very true. They want this next contract because when you see and I and I always say this is like. LeBron pocket straight. Yep. If LeBron decides not to play, that's one thing. Yep. But I mean, what's, I, what's the do it on the Lakers? Thornton, who don't play, <laughs> Thornton like different than LeBron's life. Like yeah. LeBron has generational wealth now. Yeah. Thornton does not have that. Still got to work for it. You still have to work for it, yeah. and like that, unless he has another skill besides basketball, that money will eventually. So that's run the conversation, out. right? Yeah, you know, especially in our community, to where you know you have a certain portion of of, of the population, the black population, who are well off, and mm-hmm. you know they're pretty. 
pretty much set for mm-hmm. generations to come. Then they buying Birkin bags yeah. and Lambo trucks and putting them on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, all day, every yeah, day. Yeah. And then you got the other side of the population who still trying to make ends meet. Or I, let's not even talk about like the the lesser fortunate, <laughs> lesser fortunate. But let's just talk about those like the middle class who yeah. still making good money. Uh, but still have to, still need work to, to continue to support their family. Right? Yeah. They may not have that generational wealth set up yet. Like, what about them? Like, those are the persons I feel that we have to pay more attention to or give more incentives or opportunities to so that, you know, this notion of su- us supporting us or blacks supporting blacks can work. Mm-hmm. Because if they aren't able to uh, to support their family, in a way where it's not, or if, if they, if they, if they, if for them being down with the cause means that they have to ignore a white man, right? Mm-hmm. Or their white superiors or whatever, and they won't make a paycheck, then it's not going to happen for them because yeah. it's going, it's going, they're, they're going to switch into survival mode and be like, yeah. look, I got to look out for myself and my family. And I yeah. think that's what's been echoing through history. Uh, for our community and why we can't get on the same page to say, hey, let's make a stance and not spend money in this. Because everyone just wants to climb out and not look back. I wouldn't say not look back because there are people that do look that back, do look but it's back, not enough. It's not enough. Yeah. yeah, and I think that as income inequality gets more pronounced, you see that more and more. Because, But c- capitalism is, is like a disease, bro, right? So yeah. once you make it to a certain level... Like People. you see, you're 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 introduced to this whole new realm of opportunities mm-hmm. and uh, networks, and you know it. Your the circles that you're able to move in mm-hmm. are much different than the circles you might have moved out of, right? Mm-hmm. And going backwards is a difficult thing to do. So it, it it's almost like, and you've never you've never managed this kind of move before this this situation before, so. And you you may not have like someone to guide you through it, so you're you're really doing it on the fly, and that, that's what a lot of black people do. Like if you look historically of like people in our community who have attained wealth or success to uh, astronomical level, right? The way that they are able to manage or have been able to manage that success and help others behind them has been has been very limited because of you know those circles that they're in, the, the control that persons in those circles have. Uh, the influence that they have, the impact that what they say, um, how far it carries, um, mm-hmm. it affects everything. So to say that, you know, we don't have people that have made it out that reach back to, to help others, there's really only so much we could do, bro. And, and, you know, as a community, we don't appreciate uh, people like us who succeed. Like I, I feel it's easier for us to tear them down and yeah. poke holes in their armor as opposed to lifting them up, even if we disagree with you know something that they might have done or said or, or, or whatnot. My response to that would be um, raising tide lifts all boats. But I think that what income inequality has kind of caused is that um, some boats are further out at sea. So like they're still more distant from the the rest of the community and like the the idea that you would and, and you see this all the time in pop culture in terms of like would rappers saying like yo don't go back to the hood or 
you have the other stance of like I'm always in the hood, and we we kind of like frame the hood in the idea of like that's what black community or black culture yeah, is, yeah, right? But like that's also not true because like when you think about like what the black middle class is, then it's then it then becomes like as soon as you are elevated above a certain station, that you actually you leave it and that you don't go back. And I think like when uh, we talked about people not wanting reform or not wanting change is because that when you reach that level, you really don't want change anymore. Like, like it's for when you're, I, 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 I believe that you don't want change. Um, and, and I'm saying this more so not on a specific case by case basis, mm-hmm. but I'm saying like as a, in, as a general, as a group, like you, you could see the need for protests and the need for change, but do you want people in the streets rioting and protesting? But so when you're in, when you're in those communities that are like impoverished, and uh, versus when you're when you've risen out of those communities, how does that um, how does that affect your mindset and your mindset of changing? Because if you're someone whose mindset is always um, looking forward and looking outside of your community, uh your idea of change could be changing into what those people are as opposed to changing what's happening um, behind you and in your in your actual community and like you said if you are if you leave a certain circle and then you have no one to like mentor you or guide you or coach you or even like kind of help you out how does that even like work for you and just a quick aside i remember when i was going to university Man, I wish I had someone who could just like tell me what that part of it was going to be like because I didn't know. And because I didn't know, I kind of like suffered through like leaving home, going like being in a different, a totally different environment. And like I struggled for a bit, but like had I had someone there who like kind of knew kind of what those ropes were, I think that could have helped me. That could have. And that's just like a small story in, in terms of, and I'm trying to like marry to the point that you were saying of like, if you are moving from a, from one circle to another and you had that kind of person or a community who could kind of help you and guide you, then your success could, could be like, okay, now I also have to give back in the same sense. But I, on, and then in addition to that, like, let's say you uh, are able to, or you have the sense to manage and, and maneuver in, in this new circle. Going back to the circle that you came from to try and bring others with you, there's a certain uh, mental shift that has to be experienced, right? And a lot of people that you may go back to are are not thinking the way that you're thinking, and it's difficult to change someone's mind, right? Yeah, once, that's once it's true. been set yeah. a certain way, so even that in and of itself is a challenge, and that's what I think that was the that's the main challenge that we're we're experiencing as a community because we're we've been so so uh, trained and, and uh, conditioned to think a certain way and do things a certain way that when something new is brought into the picture we, we kind of question it like yeah. is this real is this is this uh, is this safe you know is this really legit and it, it causes us to just revert back to you know what we know and you can't you can't nothing changes that way okay so this part of the podcast has been pretty heavy and I want to do a whole income inequality podcast with you later at a later date um, if you show up and we get the days right. But I just want to... If you communicate, then that will happen. You and your no-knock warrants are still <laughs> happening. But like, I just quickly, quickly at the end of this podcast, yes. we have to talk about LeBron, an actual basketball that is happening Let's on the it. court. Yo. Okay. 
Okay, can I just say? Where we at? And, 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 I, and I just want to, no offense, Ash. Um,